another episode of Accessibility. It's a show on YouTube where I talk about the video game industry, accessibility and representation. Basically, how can we help more people to play games and more people to see themselves in the games they play? When I play video games, be it for work or for pleasure, I have to be really careful about in-game microtransactions. I'm autistic, and one of the things that I really struggle with is having a healthy relationship with microtransactions, because it's really easy for me to get sucked in and spend on them in ways that are actively harmful to me. I know I'm not alone when it comes to being a disabled gamer who has a problematic relationship with microtransactions. When game developers talk about microtransaction economies, they will often talk about whales, which basically means a small number of players from the community who spend very large amounts of money, and game developers would like you to imagine that whales are people with a lot of disposable income who just have fun spending extra money in-game, but the sad reality is, a lot of whales, a lot of these people who are spending large amounts of money in video games or microtransactions, are disabled people who compulsively spend, and that's something our industry really needs to grapple with. So, today on Accessibility, we're going to talk about predatory microtransactions and how they relate to people with disabilities. We're going to talk about some of the tricks that game developers use to make people compulsively spend on video games, and we're going to talk about some of the disabilities that predispose people to compulsive spending. Let's start off by talking a little bit about myself and my issues surrounding microtransactions as an autistic gamer. Autism as a condition impacts my life in a wide variety of ways, from trouble processing sensory information to a deep need for rules and structure. But more pertinent to this episode, I really struggle with addictive behaviours and an inability to break behaviour patterns until expected results occur, even when doing so is to my own detriment. I obsessively collect finished sets of things, and will put huge amounts of time into completing meaningless collections. I struggled a lot with this when I first started playing Overwatch, as the way the game handled microtransactions felt purpose-built to exploit how my brain works. Overwatch, at least at launch, would give players occasional free boxes of randomised items between matches. These boxes could be purchased for real money. Sometimes these boxes contained cool new outfits, which would only be available until a certain date. A forced scarcity meant that you couldn't rely on eventually getting these items for free, as you might run out of time. So if that outfit you need to complete your set doesn't show up and the outfits are cycling out tomorrow, why not spend some money on randomised item packs in the hope it shows up? The loop of giving me free items from an incomplete set setting up scarcity, and then offering a way to pay my way to hopefully completing a collection that was nearly complete, really got its claws in me for a while, and I spent more on pointless outfits in that game than I could really justify. I had to stop playing the game Cold Turkey for a while, as it was incredibly easy for me to slip into compulsive spending loops in that game, where my disability made it incredibly difficult to stop spending even when doing so was detrimental to me. I was an Overwatch whale. Not because I had disposable income and wanted to reward the developers. I was an Overwatch whale because I have a disability, and the way the game's microtransactions were set up took advantage of those compulsions so I would spend beyond my means. We've started this video by talking a lot about my issues as an autistic gamer when it comes to compulsive spending on microtransactions, but autism is far from the only disability that would predispose someone to either spending on microtransactions when they didn't want to, or finding it difficult to stop, so 
For the rest of this video, we're going to talk about several other disabilities that also can predispose people to compulsive spending on microtransactions. A little while back, we recorded an episode of Access Ability with special guest Jim Sterling, all about what it's like playing video games as someone with ADHD. One aspect of the condition, which we touched on at the end of the video, is that gamers with ADHD are often susceptible to predatory microtransactions. ADHD as a condition can, for some, cause impulsive behaviours, and a tendency for addiction. If a gamer with ADHD is struggling with a game because it's been made deliberately grindy and isn't keeping their attention, a paid microtransaction booster to speed up progression through the game might push them to spend extra money that they weren't planning to. If there's an item they want exclusively locked behind randomised boxes and they try a single purchase to try and get one, they're more likely than the average gamer to get lost in sunk cost fallacy, and stuck trying to get the item. Gamers with ADHD who start buying randomised microtransactions are often more likely to repeat purchases, acting on impulse, not noticing when they've spent more money than they intended. For gamers with obsessive compulsive disorder, or OCD, intrusive thoughts and obsessive patterns can lead to microtransactions becoming compulsive purchases. If a gamer with OCD gets mentally hung up on the fact that there's an item that they don't have that's in the game that they could have, that can sometimes manifest as intrusive thoughts, and an inability to mentally set aside the thought that they're fixated on. If a gamer with OCD gets into a pattern of buying microtransactions in a game, it can shift from something they consciously choose to do into being something they do subconsciously. In either case, it can be tough to resist the allure of an initial purchase or escape the cycle once they begin making repeat purchases. Gamers with bipolar disorder, a condition that causes swings between depressive episodes and manic episodes, are often susceptible to loot box style microtransactions. You can google bipolar disorder and gambling to see a whole host of medical websites discussing the fact that people with the condition, on a manic episode, are often susceptible to addictive spending in gambling style mechanics, from scratch cards to slot machines. The gambling industry knows this. There's evidence that gambling companies will deliberately aim targeted adverts towards users with bipolar disorder, in the hopes of getting them to spend obsessively during a manic episode. The same tricks that make people with bipolar disorder prone to gambling addiction makes them prone to overspending on microtransactions. Gamers with depression have reportedly higher rates of spending on microtransactions, which makes sense as someone who's battled depression in the past. When you're stuck in a deep depressive episode, microtransactions are a quick hit of dopamine. You have a thing that you didn't have a second ago, and the game makes a big show of giving that thing to you, it makes you feel special, it flags up the bits of your brain that, that aren't making dopamine for just a second. Gamers with borderline personality disorder often suffer from poor impulse control, which can impact their relationship with microtransactions. I spoke to multiple gamers with BPD who specifically noted that time-limited microtransactions, such as when a skin in Fortnite is only available for a limited time, were a big issue for them. As soon as something seems scarce, their brain wants to purchase it right away without thinking, in case they later want it and can't get it. Additionally, and this is going to impact many of you who are fine avoiding microtransactions today, the older people get, the more prone they are to conditions such as Alzheimer's, which impact impulse control. The wider gambling industry isn't doing enough right now to protect vulnerable old people with degenerative mental health conditions from getting into problem gambling, and I'd be willing to bet several decades from now, as more gamers reach that age bracket, 
that the games industry will be there ready to take your pension payments, as you forget quite how much you've spent in-game. So, what can we do about the fact that so often, when the game industry talks about microtransaction whales, they mean disabled people spending me on their means? Well, there are two approaches we should probably be taking. Finding proactive steps to protect ourselves from predatory microtransactions, and shining a light on the reality that video game microtransactions specifically profit from triggering impulsiveness or compulsion in those with disabilities. Let's start with the things we have in our control. As a disabled gamer who's prone to addictive spending in games, I have to be aware of that fact and act accordingly. I try to avoid games I know contain loot box style microtransactions. I turn down free in-game loot boxes when I have the option, and I do my best to avoid ever making the first purchase that opens the floodgates, but I know that's not everything. When I was having trouble overspending in Overwatch, I realised that I couldn't get out of that alone because of my issues that I have as a disabled person. I basically handed the keys over to someone else, I recognised what I was doing, and I set up parental controls on my console and I chose a trusted friend and I let them set the password so that I couldn't spend on microtransactions in that game without them knowing, without them giving the all clear, and I've been really good since. I've managed to become much more aware of the issues I have around microtransactions, and I've managed to avoid getting into games where that's going to be a problem, and I've learnt to recognise it in myself when it happens. Sometimes you just need to recognise the problem and to hand the keys over to someone else so that they can help you get out of the loop that your brain is stuck in, that the game has sort of engineered for you to get stuck in. Ultimately, as our industry moves more and more towards microtransactions being a standard in video games, there's only so much we as disabled gamers can do to avoid games with predatory microtransactions, because they're making a lot of money and they're not going to go away by themselves. Ultimately, we need to stand up and make our voices heard to game developers that it's not okay to use psychological tricks designed to manipulate people with disabilities into overspending. The whale model of microtransactions is inherently predatory. Randomised loot boxes and items that are only available for a limited time are designed purposefully to get you going, oh, just a little bit more money, just a little bit more money, just a little bit more money, and for people with various disabilities that can be really, really difficult to break free of. Game developers love to talk about whales as if they are people with excess money to burn who just want to support the developer, but a lot of the time it's disabled people who get suckered in by a manipulative trick and then find it really hard to stop spending, and we need to do something about that, that's not okay. Game developers have to know that a good chunk of their whales are disabled gamers who can't resist spending. They know that they are implementing tricks to try and get people to spend more money, and until we get game developers to acknowledge the fact that a lot of people who compulsively spend on their games are disabled people who can't get out of that obsessive loop, we're not going to get this to go away. We need game developers to stand up and realise we are making money off of disabled people's compulsions. Thank you.